I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 22, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Across the board today, it was rather quiet. The market was basically in a slow, grinding, chop shop higher all day long. But that's not the total tale. The total tale is that inside the numbers members were told exactly what to look out for before the opening bell, The thing happened, what they were told to look out for. They ran a test of an important number. That number was designed to be support, and we're going to talk about it here. I'm bringing this up first because we're going to talk about it so that you can understand what the result was while we're talking about it. Before we do, we're going to finish up on the daily chart, but just to make the point, the market did something very, very obvious. When that happens and the market is doing something very obvious... Some of the other things that fall into the market does this the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule, sometimes a lot of those things tend to fall into place. It's called reading the tape. We're going to look deeper when we go down to some of the shorter time frames, namely the hourly chart. The other lines, other than 281, the other horizontal trend lines, have been removed from the chart. We really don't need them anymore for today. What we do need is 281, and also we might need one up above. We'll talk about that a little bit later. What's the first thing that jumps out at the daily chart at me, which is we're riding the 50-period moving average? The market tried to get rejected or price was rejected down yesterday to yesterday's low away from the 50 period moving average today shorts were issued a pie in the face and all of a sudden they're headed back to the 50 period moving average on the daily chart the more this goes on the more they don't get back to the 50 and they just eat time off the clock the higher the move the next move will ultimately be that's just the way it works couple of things also on the daily chart that jump off the page. So I see a gap left open from yesterday. The gap happens to be at 276.73. And today's low on the daily chart happens to be, or on any chart, happens to be 276.91. So as far as the daily chart's concerned, they did not fill the gap. And how do we view that? When they come up short and trade away, we view that as bullish behavior. That's the daily chart. We have more stuff on the hourly chart. Right now, looking at the chart, is it bullish or bearish? It's not bearish. Where would it turn bearish? Where would this market get into trouble? Yesterday's lows. You begin closing hourly and then daily below yesterday's lows right now, and you better look out below. They'll open the trap door. Not sure they'll stop at the 20-period moving average, We're going to start talking about some of the lower numbers that we discussed last night. 265, 263, and if 263 doesn't hold, you're looking at another gap down around 250. All that doesn't happen in an hour. I'm just saying that getting below yesterday's low would not be good for the bulls. It would be a welcome addition for the bears out there. Here's the hourly chart. Now let's talk brass tacks. 
Yesterday, on the hourly chart, the market was making a bearish pattern. However, what we do know, specifically from Inside the Numbers members yesterday, also from last night, what we do know is getting above the high of this breakdown candle, 277.07, would be not bearish, but the other direction, meaning northern or bullish, and that would bring higher prices. Now, let me take you back to first thing Wednesday morning. This is a copy or the chart of the ES or S&P E-mini futures contract. So I show up to the screen somewhere just after 6 a.m. I can already see without a shadow of a doubt what the deal of the day is. I know that based on where the futures just were, I know based on the corresponding level in the SPY, they were flirting with... 277.07. I also knew something else. If they hung around there or above there all morning long leading up to the opening bell, that's also bullish. If they opened up above that price, bullish. Back to the SPY hourly chart, opening print, opening of the hourly candle or the first hour's candle is 278.35. And now here's where it gets interesting. You knew this was coming. We're going right over to inside the numbers. It's hump day right out of the chute. What are we talking about? 277.07. What time you think this was on the board? Early. Just call it zero dark 30. We don't have to get into any more detail in the pre-market notes. I'm focused on 277.07. What else do I know about that number? What else do I know about the behavior of the market? Meaning, what can I draw from using the 80-20 rule? What happens using the 80-20 rule the majority of the time? What happens is they come back to run a test of an important number. So if they open above, I'm looking for a test. Let's scroll up and see what happened as the morning starts to unfold. Now, the early thoughts are that the market got stronger, so they're above the number, so we have to start looking up the north, so we want to know, pre-planning-wise, what our resistance areas are. Now, what does it say under food for thought? They're opening above an important number slash area. Under normal garden variety conditions, they would come back to run a test of the same area. Let's say they do. If it holds and this isn't a fake out, then they'll run back up towards the higher numbers, including the gap. Now, I'll scroll up and you can start and stop the video whenever you like. The bottom line is they did that thing. So when they did that thing, any trader that was willing to buy the market down on the test, they pierced it or spiked it by nine cents. What we said in the notes was that they couldn't stay down there for very long. A test means they run a test and they get out of there. If they hung around down there and started closing, for example, 10 and 15 minute candles down below that number, then something else was developing and we would have to address it at the time. It would then be a fumble. A fumble for who? A fumble for the bulls. You could see the 10-12 post, it's not sexy, but they're still doing the thing we specified early on. They ran a test, and they're continuing to eat time off the clock. Same rules apply, below the opening range low, for long, and it's a fumble. Everything is consistent. What you see is what you get. The only other thing that was relevant as the day moved on was where would the resistance point be up north? Was it going to be the big fat round number of 2800 or SPY 280? And of course it was for a short point of time. 
Then they went back up and they hit another number. What was that other number? And this is why I'm scrolling up so fast. I want to get to the point of the other number. They ran up at what I like to call the end of the day jam session. And what they did was they hit another important number. What was it? 281. How did we know that 281 was an important number other than the fact that it was on my chart? Who else would know that? Nobody would know that. What else was up there that you could sink your teeth into? What's up there that most traders just don't see because they're not looking for it? How about a gap that happens to be 2806.50? I think we called it 2807 in the notes. And you can see here that the high happened to be, I think, 2808, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the high was 2808. This number, the 2806.50, basically corresponded with, I think when I did the math behind it, it corresponded within a nickel, within five cents of what? SPY 281. Funny how that works. So when you see stuff like that, you know it's going to be important, but if you're willing to take a trade at the end of the day with only a few minutes left, you're just gambling. That's not really how to treat this as a business. It just so happens to happen at the end of the day. It's not necessarily a tradable event for most traders who want to treat this as a business. By the way, let's talk about stocks on the move. We always review the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had two trades that got play today, UAL and BIIB. Let's take a look at both charts. You see one of them says jump target. What does that mean? We're going to discuss that when we go to the chart. Before we do that, I want to point something else out. If you're a member of Inside the Numbers, I just want you to pay attention for a few seconds. I'm not singling anybody out. It's all fine. Some of you are sending questions and asking things and making comments about things that are listed where it says stocks on the move notes must read. Look under the stocks. Stocks on the move notes must read right here. Most of you, or some of you, I should say, not most of you, some of you have not read that and you're asking things and you're making mistakes, what we'll call unforced errors as a result of what? Not reading the notes that says must read. I'm not going to pull it down here because there's a couple of secrets in there. Just read the notes. B-I-I-B Biogen. So Biogen's getting a haircut at the open. Closed yesterday about 330 bucks a share. So it's opening down around 300 So here's the first one. We had traders piling in at the opening bell. Now, if you did, you got a quick pop. If you didn't sell into the strength, you got shafted when it came back down. But here's the deal. Here's the quick pop. You see the stock open. This is a five-minute chart now. The stock opened at 301.80 and it did go all the way up to a high of 306.99 and you can see even a few minutes later the high here was 305.49. But if you didn't sell, look what happened. It collapsed back down and you started panicking. Not everybody was panicking, but there were a few panickers. Let's talk about what happened. The stock opened at 301.80. That's below or south of 303.70. Guess what? The trade is off the table. It jumped the target. Whether it jumps over or under a target, it jumped the target. How does it jump over a target? If it's a short trade and the stock jumped over the target by the opening bell, it is off the table. This is on the flip side. The stock opened below the target. 
it is off the table, but the second target is on the table. Now, the stock also came mighty close to the second target in this first 15-minute candle of the day, so it's subjective or not whether a trader should have taken that next target or not. The reality is it worked. That's what we're discussing here. Now, here's the second point that wasn't read in the notes, not by everybody, but by some. When I put up stocks on the move on the board a few minutes ago, you saw that the stop was an hourly close below $290. It's one of those things you'll find in the must-read notes, but I want to point something out. Just like the numbers are important, just like when stocks get to a destination, they're going to do one of two things hang around for a while, have a cup of coffee, or turn around and go home, go back in the other direction. Well, same thing applies for the stops. I don't pick stops arbitrarily. The numbers are not out of a hat. They're not a ratio. They're not a one-to-one ratio, a five-to-three ratio, or whatever ratio you guys are asking me about. I don't do it that way. I beat to my own drum if you haven't figured that out by now. You know the routine. Inside my head is a very dangerous place to be. So here's the deal. My stops are meaningful. It's a stop where on an hourly close, if the market's below that number, you don't want to be long the thing. Sometimes, and I try not to have this happen. If it does happen, I usually don't put the trade on the board. Sometimes the stop will be a little wide. It looks like, hey, even if I get stopped out, I don't really want to take that kind of a loss. And I get that. And if you see something like that on the board, guess what? Don't take the trade if you don't like it. It's that simple. The stop has to be there because that's where the number is. Case in point, let's look where the hourly close was in the low a day. Low a day happens to be 289.02. That's below 290. This is the first hourly close. Where did it close? 290.47. They closed above 290. Guess what? I'm still in the trade. If you just play by the rules and you don't make up your own rules, you'll have more success than if you make up your own rules. It's a paint-by-numbers situation. How about United Airlines? What about this one? This was classified as a crap trade. 26.23 was the number, but what happened was the market ate time off the clock. It went sideways for so long that this becomes what? A scratch trade, meaning it's not a win, it's not a loss, it's a scratch. Why? Because the market went back and forth in and around that number for like three and a half hours giving traders, and they took it, an opportunity ample times to get out of the trade it's not working. And you know what? We know this because when a stock takes a move down and then it goes sideways, it's making a what? What did this do? It made a down move and then a flag, a bearish, flaggish formation, and then it did what? Had a continuation move down. We talk about this all the time. It's the opposite of the bull flag. If you're in a trade, and it's eating time off the clock, preparing for the next leg down, you don't want to be in the trade. So you get out of it. It was a scratch. How about a short hop? We'll go back to the S&P real quick before we move on to other stuff. We talked about the south side. We know that below yesterday's low could potentially be a trap door. But what about the north side? What happens if they get through the 50 period moving average? What's going on there? No change. The number we had on the board before, the first one, was 288.50. They don't have to get there. They don't have to get above there. I'm just saying if they're going to get above the recent high, it's 288.50. 
Then you have another number above, you have a gap up above, but we don't have to discuss that now. 287.30 and then 288.50 are the next big numbers on the board. Anything short of that, inside the numbers members will have a beat on early, you know, like zero dark 30. What's going on over in Camp IWM, my favorite market leading indicator? Well, it's really the same thing that we discussed yesterday. There's no change. It was up today. It was fine. It wasn't necessarily leading the market to the upside, meaning it wasn't being our favorite market leading indicator. It wasn't leading to the upside, but it was up nonetheless. So we still have this going on. This is a bear flaggish, wedgish type of pattern that will generally result in a continuation move in the northern direction. What takes that off the table if the SPY closes below yesterday's low? That simple. If that's happening, guess what? This one's doing the same routine. They missed a gap at 125.88. So here's what we should know about that. They miss it. They pull back. Kind of a recock the gun scenario. Next time up, are they likely to stop short at the gap or stop at the gap at 125.88, fill the gap, reverse, and come back down? Or are they likely to go higher Namely, for in this case, into the 50-period moving average, up around 130 and change. Yeah, it's the latter of the two. What's doing down at the transportation department, my second favorite market-leading indicator, but number one favorite canary in the coal mine. Here we go again. Non-participating. Down a few bucks today, not a lot, but down nonetheless. Not participating in what? An up market. You had the S&P 500 up over 2%. The IWM was up. Everything was up across the board. Why not the transports? Well, we know there were certain sectors that were dragging them down, namely the airlines. I get that. But here's the deal. Why not participate? Is it a canary in the coal mine? Are the transports trying to tell us something? Probably, but that doesn't necessarily mean, but it can mean for tomorrow. We still have this going on. This is the same thing we just discussed in the IWM. These other markets look the same. This is still a bull, flaggish, wedges type of pattern. Doesn't mean the market's going to collapse because it was down three or four bucks today. But what it does mean is something is different. It's trying to tell us something. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. And guess what? When you look further, you see what's going on here. Consolidating or eating time off the clock below these moving averages after doing what today? Having a what? A gap in crap. Where does that lie? Right here. Look at the high at over 8,000, 8,007. And the first hourly candle of the day is exactly a crap out. And then the next several hours, eight time off the clock. What's likely to happen? This goes lower. Is this the only thing that's going to go lower while everything else is going higher? No, that's unlikely. Maybe this waits a little while. Maybe stocks go higher. Maybe everything turns around tomorrow and the transports were the canary in the coal mine. We know what numbers to watch out for and inside the numbers members will have a beat on everything early because that's the program they signed up for. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything wrong with the queues? No, absolutely not. Up almost 3% today, basically wiping out the down day from yesterday. And here's something that's interesting Look what happened yesterday or what didn't happen. Did they fill the gap yesterday? No, they didn't. It came up short. They stopped at the 50-period moving average, turned around, and went back in the other direction. Again, they didn't even really come close, but the fact that they didn't, they could have. They can always do what they want, but the fact that they didn't, that's bullish 
It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. So we do have some divergences going on out here. We have to note that, namely down at the transportation department. However, we analyze each chart independent of one another. We put the puzzle pieces on the table. Whatever picture comes out, that's the deal. How about the financials? Participating, but not to the degree of being on par with the S&P or better. It was lagging, so we have to note that it's definitely a puzzle piece. It's on the table. So we have, again, a couple of things going on. We have the same routine in a wedgish type of pattern that's still going to do this until and unless, what? The SPY closes at least hourly, if not daily, below yesterday's low. And until and unless that happens... And it stays, meaning the XLF stays above the 20-period moving average. There's nothing that says this cannot move higher. We'll just put something else in our mind that we talked about yesterday. We have a low. We have another low, which is a higher low. And we have a potentially another higher low. Now, if this comes down, we won't have that. But if this holds, we will have that. And we'll have another step to the upside. How about Smash Mouth telling us anything here? Tremendous day, up 6 bucks or 5% reversing yesterday's loss and then tacking on about the same how about that for symmetry can the smh get to or through its 100 day moving average which is the former high from the other day and the high happens to be 133.95 the answer is yes it can however if you see that going on keep in mind that under normal garden variety market conditions whether or not they get here i don't know but there is just a ton of overhead resistance that'll come in around these pivot highs over here 138 137 139 140 in and around that area a they're not going to just waltz right through it and b there will be overhead resistance and there will be a pullback from that spot have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. This is everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so I'm going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.